Welcome to another episode of My Hope is Built On with your hosts, David and Dan Ziegler, a show about real people with real stories answering the question, what is your hope built on? May this week's episode bring you some hope. Well, welcome back again to another episode of uh, My Hope is Built On. We're here today with uh, Nathan Ryan, and uh, Nathan is uh, somebody that we've known for well, quite some time, I'd say at least 15, 20 years now, I would think. Uh, and uh, we met Nathan. Um, he was a much younger version of himself than he <laughs> is uh, back when we started uh, uh, at a church called Heart of the Canyons, who um, his dad is the pastor of. And, uh, and so we got to know uh, his dad and the family really well uh, during that time period. And so um before we get started, Nathan, I, you know, I'd love to go through a litany of all the great things that you've accomplished, but uh, I know that you've got some things that you can share about yourself better than I can share. So I'm going to pass the baton to you and just say, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and uh, let them kind of know who you are, what you're doing, and, uh, you know, some personal things about your beautiful wife. And I, I won't spill mm-hmm. the beans on her name. You can tell everybody. <laughs> but anyways, uh, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm excited to be here with you. And and yeah, my lower back reminds me every day that I was a lot younger when we knew each other. When we when we met each other. Yeah. And my and my knees, specifically my left knee. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm excited to be with y'all today. Um, I, right now, I mean, I've got a list of things, but I'll keep it at the high level. Uh, I run a company called Blue Sky Partners. We focus on working with companies that are scaling or growing and helping them work through those. You know. Uh, necessary business model, operational, uh, and scale related, uh, changes that might need to be made. We tend to work with our clients for about a year on those things, uh, interject some coaching here and there as well. Uh, and then I'm a city commissioner. Uh, I focus, uh, I'm, I'm on the, uh, economic development or I'm on an economic development commission called the economic prosperity commission focused on budgeting related to job creation, uh, and infrastructure. Right. Uh, and then I'm on the, uh, urban transportation commission focused on transportation in the city of Austin, uh, which is where we live. Um, and my wife and I moved here, uh, in, to Austin in 2015, uh, just because we absolutely love this city. My wife worked <laughs> for Whole Foods at the time. Um, and now she works, uh, at Amazon. She started there in January. She's a total bad a star star <laughs> uh and i'm really lucky uh to be married to her and i'm glad she's put up with me for 11 years we got two dogs named max and rory and you know i think that's kind of the high level yeah right oh that's great well you i definitely know uh nathan just following you uh just through social world right the, the, is that you got a busy schedule so uh and we're thankful that you took the time to be with us here today yeah. and uh and be a part of this so it's really exciting um, Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about is, uh, you know, when, when we talk about this show is that you know, obviously the idea is really about spreading more hope in the world. And so we're trying to get everybody's perspective on the word hope. A lot of people, you know, come from different walks of life. And and um, and so there's obviously different perspectives based upon the journey that you've been on. And so um, we're just opening up the door for everybody to kind of share that. And one of the things is, you know, again, look, talking to you is when you think of hope, what do you think of? What does it mean to you? And then again, what is your hope built on? 
Yeah. Um, I love this question for a lot of reasons, and I could probably go in a bunch of different directions. Um, <laughs> as y'all know, I grew up in a very uh, evangelical Christian household. Uh, mm-hmm. I still absolutely consider myself a Christian. Um, and I think because of my faith, because of my faith in Jesus, uh, I find hope there, but I also find hope in where I think you find Jesus, which is in other people mm-hmm. and in the way that they show up for one another. Right. Um, and I take very seriously the idea that, you know, you'll know people by their, the fruits that show up in their life and you'll yeah. know, you know, you'll see God in you can see God in each other. You can see, uh, how people go out of their way to serve one another. Um, I was listening to a song this morning. I've, I've since I've gone, I've lapsed into like nostalgia lately and I'm listening to Switchfoot, which I haven't listened to in forever. I haven't, I haven't listened to much of the music that I grew up listening to much of the Christian music that I grew up listening to in a very long time. Uh, it's all Chris Stapleton and stuff like that for me at this point. Um, but I've lapsed back into Switchfoot and they've got this song called the shadow proves the sunshine mm-hmm. where, you know, and I just think that line is so good because to me, you know, I think we're going through a really, really uh, transformative uh, moment in the world. Um, and I think we're seeing a lot of darkness and I think we're seeing a lot of shadows. And to me, that just means that there's something really bright behind it. And I see that in other people. And I see that in the way that uh, people show up for one another. Uh, and, and I guess a very concrete example of that would be, you know, uh, Texas had, um, we were talking about this a minute before we, we started recording, uh, Texas had a, a freeze in February that shut off power and water for 40% of the state ish. Um, and the way that Austin and the rest of the state just absolutely dropped everything and people were turning into, you know, yeah. people, people turned into massive organizers to move an incredible amount of goods and service one another, uh, bring food to people, um, I mean, that to me is hope, right? That's how yeah. you see, that's how I see hope showing up in the world. And that's what it means to me. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that story about what went on just recently with Texas. And I think we've seen that throughout the world, whenever we've had significant crisis uh, situations that um, I think of 9-11, you know, and I think of how the world rallied and and how we saw hope manifested in the lives of people as they were helping dig people out of rubble and, and things of that nature. And so, mm-hmm. I, and I think that that's obviously, it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Uh, but you also mentioned something too that you, hope shows up in the way that people engage or continue to, in their fruits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do, what is your thoughts on and and I, and I know I'm probably taking this a different direction and I and uh, but what is your thoughts when you think about that about after the crisis though after the mm-hmm. dust is settled after people are back on their feet all of a sudden the disengagement stops and we're mm-hmm. not still being uh, we're still not bringing hope to the table any longer because now we don't see where that hope, where I can bring it because it's not a catastrophe that's forced me to come into the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and I know, and the reason I say that is because I know in your own life and, and I, is that you continue to try to bring hope daily mm-hmm. beyond a beyond a crisis situation. And so again, how is that, something that people could do is, is not just to respond to a crisis, but to respond on a daily basis to bring hope. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, they're matters of scale, right? It's when you're in crisis, um, the types of 
the displays of hope you're seeing are people really, really showing up in very loud ways because they have to, right? You right. have to show up that way. Right. And it's going to be, inc- it's going to be much more dramatic uh, in a 9-11 or a Texas freeze type scenario sure. um, than it's going to, than it is going to be in everyday life. But I think when the kind of drama ratchets down uh, and the danger ratchets down, I still think, you know, I'm constantly thinking about uh, people that I see walk up to a homeless individual here in Austin. Uh, we're having this massive debate, like most cities are, yeah. uh, about how you uh, handle uh, and mitigate homelessness. Um, we've got an election today uh, with something on the ballot focused on that. But in the midst of all of that, I'm really it brings me a lot of hope when I see people walk up to a homeless individual, ask them how they're doing, Mm. see what they need, bring them food. I don't have to, I don't have to care about what that person's and I don't, I hope, you know, y'all should know this, uh, having known me for a long time and followed me on social. I don't really care. My first question is never going to be what political party are you? What do you believe? How do you know? My question is going to be, how are you showing up every day and what are you doing to help people around you. And so seeing people do things like that, right. Um, Show up for a homeless individual, show up for a friend or a coworker um, who's struggling with something. Um, I mean, shoot, just taking somebody out for a a coffee or uh, a drink to see how they're doing, I think goes a really, really long way. And so I do think they're matters of scale. Um, But those really, really small things are just as meaningful. And if they're happening over time, you know, they really do create kind of patterns of hope in yeah. people. And I think what's cool with what you're saying, and, and one of the things that I've noticed in life is that it's even in the busyness of your schedule, you're still looking for opportunities to bring hope. And I think that's one of the things that distracts most of us is the busyness of our schedules. Well, I just don't have time to stop and say, how are you doing? I don't have Mm -hmm. time to slow down and say, let's have a cup of coffee, you know? So it's really taking the time to breathe and really see. Uh, I think one of the things we're all taught and we all know is that we're known, if you want to, you want to be known for the love, that's how, as Christians, we're known for our love. It's not because of we're able to wave a banner of Jesus or wave a banner of my denomination. It's because of the love that I'm able to show other people. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's, again, I I think that's really cool. So then Nathan, with that being said, what is your hope built on? I mean, it would absolutely be built on my faith. I mean, my faith has, has, has evolved 100% from when I was much younger. uh, And I don't think we have time for that discussion. (laughs) Um, But, but my, my hope is absolutely based on a faith that says that, you know, uh, our number one job is to love God. And our number two job is to love people. Mm -hmm. And if we're doing that and if we're showing up for one another that no, not, not that everything will be okay. Um, but that we will know that we are doing what we are called to be doing to help shoulder other people's burdens with them. Right. Um, and I think so much of this is about, is that for me too, right. Um, hope does not mean that you're not stuck in the darkness for a really long time. It doesn't mean that, um, everything's going okay. It doesn't mean that just because you do the right things or you try to show up for people that like all of a sudden everything gets easier. It doesn't mean any of that. Uh, to me, it just means, uh, it means that you are going out of your way to serve because you know that that's the right thing to be doing. And I just see people doing that all the time. Um, and, and I think 
you know, whether they believe it or not, whether they know it or not, um, other people, whatever they would ascribe it to, I think that when they show up for one another like that in a selfless way, yeah. it is rooted in that fact that we are created as as part of that we are part of God's creation, and that's how things should work. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I will say, uh, you know, Nathan, I love watching everything that you do on social, and it is so evident that you love people. I mean that, and it's so encouraging to me. And I've, I've talked to you about this before, where you know, there's in one of the things I see is that you, you point out and you can see all the things that what actually is happening and where people are actually serving, where I tend to see like, well, I'm, I know that I need to serve and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, but I don't see anybody else doing it. But you don't look at that. You look at, wow, these people are actually doing it and they're stepping up to the plate. And so what would your, I guess, maybe encouragement be to some that have, have struggles like actually seeing the good in others. There's, I mean, you, there's so much negative going on right now. Right. But how do you see the good in people? <laughs> well, cr- crying in the shower every so often helps, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> you know, I, I would, I would, uh, strongly recommend, you know, uh, a vigorous workout, uh, three to five times a week, to get your anger out. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm yeah. partially kidding, but I do think, you know, I think, I think part of it, I do think part of recognizing the good is, being okay with being frustrated with how the, the state of the world sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But not letting that dictate um, your worldview, yeah. right? To me, um, I'm absolutely, I'm like a, I was talking to somebody uh, like last month uh, and I told them I, like, I'm, I'm not an optimist, uh, you know, I- entirely. I'm not a realist. Like I know people have those debates all the time. I am right. a totally de- defiant optimist, right? Like I, like I know the world, <laughs> I know how the world feels right now. I feel that way too. Right. Um, but I just don't think that it does much good to dwell entirely on what feels bad. Um, and it's not a performative thing. It's not a, for me, it's, for me, recognizing how people are showing up for one another and try and choosing really uh, deliberately to to point those things out um, is not me trying to gloss over um, bad things that are happening in the world. Um, it is me trying to point out that there are helpers. There are always helpers. They are always showing up. They are always looking at the bad and saying like, okay, well, I may not, this may not fix it entirely, but I'm going to do something. Right. Um, and to me, I think that's really, that, that gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. You know, I help uh, co-lead a, a local nonprofit who does uh, food services here in the Santa Cruz Valley. And I've mm-hmm. sat in on some of the city meetings and, you know, one of the things that I've always noticed that w- within the environment is there's genuine everybody genuinely wants to solve the problem, but nobody wants to get their hands dirty doing it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we, tr- and I think that's one of the reasons what I love what you're saying is, is that why we need policies and why we need procedures and we need processes to help. We still need people who are willing to step up and get their hands dirty in the engagement mm-hmm. process, you know, yeah. and that's really how you bring hope. 
I, I mean, you mentioned something today that you have on a ballot. What is some of your guys's ideas and around that too, is how can you bring hope to the situations that you're seeing right now? Well, I mean, I think, you know, so I haven't been involved in politics for a long time. Um, I think people in Texas think I have been, um, (laughs) but that's because, you know, basically after 2016, I I got involved pretty heavily. Um, And, you know, Austin is a large city. It's about a million, um, but it's not, it's not huge, right? It's not Los Angeles. Um, And so I got involved just working with some campaigns, uh, working on some civil rights and voting rights uh, stuff here in the state. Um, And that got me in the position where, you know, after a year or so, I was able to get in some rooms and have some real conversations with policymakers at the city, at the, you know, county, state and federal level. Um, And I'm grateful now to be in a lot of those rooms from time to time, um, just by invitation. Um, you know, but politics is kind of a game of, uh, hot potato. Like nobody wants to be holding it. Everybody wants credit for having like touched it, but like, they don't want to be caught with it. (laughs) Um, and I think a lot of that is due to the way that, you know, uh, people react to politics, um, as opposed to seeing it as, um, a game where you're, you know, making incremental changes and progress on a thing. Um, I think for, because of the fact that our country has for so long put off making big decisions that could have a real impact on people's lives. Um, People are now hoping that, you know, we have revolutions of a sort. And I do think we've got to have some major, major, major policy changes on some major issues, but that doesn't change the fact that at the end of the day, you know, a a small good change is still good. (laughs) You know, and that this stuff is really, really messy. Um, and so, you know, today in in Austin, we've got a a ballot initiative. The the hot one in Austin is called is Prop B, um, and Prop B essentially undoes what City Council, Austin City Council did in 2019. So in 2019, uh, Austin City Council uh, decided that they were going to, you know, the the term is decriminalize homelessness, right? So sit, camp, lie panhandle. Um, A lot of other cities have done this um, and city council did this in 2019. And now there's a ballot initiative to reinstate that ban. Um, And it's provoked a lot of discussion uh, to put it lightly, Uh, a lot of, a lot of anger, a lot of uh, backlash. And I've got my views on that. I'm against reinstating this. I don't think it's the right policy, but I do understand why people are upset about it. Right. Um, And to me, I think regardless of what happens in uh, an election like this, the way that I would look at uh, the issue is if this ban gets reinstated, we still need a plan to deal with this in, in the, in the short term, in the medium term, in the long term. If the ban does not get reinstated, we still need a plan to deal with this in the short term, the medium term, and the long term. And the problem isn't that this ban uh, is going to do anything on this issue. The problem uh, is that we don't have a fully adopted plan that city council is is able to to uh, you know report back on and 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 push forward on on progress. The city just adopted one, but we're getting way too in the weeds. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, no. And and, and again, the reason I'm asking that is just, again, it goes back to, I, you know, I, you know, we'll just use the great quote, right? Be the change you want to see see in the Mm -hmm. world, right? And, and 
I think it's, uh, you know, you, and we talked about worldviews, right? And I, one mm-hmm. of my worldviews is that it's a broken world. Mm-hmm. And every and and it's the choices that I make every day that can make the difference in how this thing comes together, right? So mm-hmm. my choices and all my choices have an impact on people, mm-hmm. good or bad, right? Yep. So, yep. And, and so if I'm at least thinking in that mindset, I got a broken world and every day I got to make a choice to be a difference. The choice I make should either bring good. It it should always bring good and not bad. So I have to always think about the choices I'm making, even when I go into it. And Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the challenges I think that we face as a, as a nation is just our inability to recognize the brokenness. Mm -hmm. And then say, how am I going to make the difference? And it's not by perpetuating anything that's further causing the problem. It's by being the good I want to see in the world. Right. Well, and I do feel like, you know, we have this, we have this constant debate and we've had it forever uh, since the founding of this country, you know, whether or not it's collective good and we need collective solutions or it's personal responsibility and we need personal solutions. And like, my answer to that is yes, like both. (laughs) why, Why do we, why do we even have to, like, that is a completely false choice. I mean, I think we have to uh, we have to think collectively. We're we're a nation of 330 million people in 50 states, and we've yeah. got these very convoluted governmental structures that, you know, yada yada yada. Um, but we still have a a uh, duty to make sure that we are making collective choices that are good for the most number of people possible. Right. Um, at the same time, that does not mean um, that we shouldn't be asking people. Um, to, you know, take responsibility, to constantly look for ways to serve in their community themselves, to look for ways that, um, you know, as individuals, they can, they can make a better life for themselves, for their family, for their communities, things like that. I mean, those things go hand in hand to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I agree wholeheartedly. I really do. David, do you, I know you want to say something. Well, I was going to say, you said something about you know, getting involved in, in the community and things. I know I've reached out to you about, okay, what are some ways like, so here I'm in Newburgh, Oregon, right? I love, I want to be involved in the community. I don't know how, you know, what that entails. I don't know what I want to do yet, but I just love, I do absolutely love people, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, I yeah, know it's very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's recognizing the, the needs of others around and, and things like that, but what, what are some ways, uh, because you are involved uh, heavily in, in, in the city of Austin, but how, what are some ways for people, who can they contact? How do they get, go about getting involved in something like that? Who wants to make a difference? In the yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, first of all, neighborhood groups, church groups, like all those things are great. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, you know, if you care about any issue, there's definitely a nonprofit mm-hmm. that is probably looking for a board, uh, a board member, um, or are constantly looking for board members, um, that I think people can volunteer their time for. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, governmental structures are totally all over the map. Um, but, you know, in Austin, uh, I was appointed by uh, two different members of city council to two different uh, commission seats. Um, and that kind of stuff is is almost always an option, right? If you want to get involved on the policy side uh, in a way that maybe is a little bit more issue specific, but still, you know, it, the the thing that I would say is the commission work that I'm doing is really interesting because it's it's 
probably the most apolitical work that I do mm-hmm. because we're just we're hearing about what's going on at, in various sectors of you know infrastructure and transportation and job creation from people in the community. We're also hearing from governmental agencies and then we're making recommendations to council. Um, and that kind of stuff is really fun for me because I'm a total nerd and I love it. Um, so if you want to get involved in something directly related to your city's policy or your county's policy, they probably have commissions or boards. Uh, I don't know what the process would look like uh, outside of Austin, but um, I would assume there's an application process for it. But yeah, I would say you know church neighborhood groups, um, uh, nonprofit boards, and uh, you know city commissions or boards are a really good way uh, to get started. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. So Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned already now what your hope is built on. Mm -hmm. Now the question to me is where have uh, we talk about in the show is kind of that 2020 vision, you know, the hindsight is 2020. Where Mm -hmm. have you seen that hope manifested in your life? That's kind of led you to a place of where you know that you're secure in that, you know? So what, what were some times where your life had been, you know, you'd gone through some things and you were challenged and you were feeling maybe a little hopeless and you were, you had to cling, cling to your hope. Yeah. Um, Well, I mentioned earlier that uh, I'm raising a hundred thousand dollars for cancer research right now with leukemia lymphoma society. Uh, And one of the, darkest moments in my life was definitely in 2012 when uh, our friend Ron Jones uh, passed away from uh, from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. Uh, he got, Ron was uh, my youth pastor and one of my best friends and became uh, my mentor over time. Uh, he and I started a church together. We had a little falling out. We built our relationship back up. Um, and in September of 2012, he got diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, he thought it was going to be relatively easy to beat. Um, and he passed away within less than three months. He got diagnosed mm-hmm. the end of September, passed away December 8th. Um, and I just remember, you know, I go into, I go into caring for other people mode, right? So other people are really sad about this. Uh, they're really beat up. Uh, buy it. And so I go into this mode where I'm just trying to make sure everybody else is okay. Um, And then once it calmed down, you know, a few weeks after he passed and we had the memorial, um, it was, it was just such an incredibly dark time. Um, And uh, you know, it's with that in mind, it's with, you know, a lot of other families that I know we all know from heart of the canyons who have gone through um, uh you know, battles with or lost battles with cancer. Uh, my mother-in-law, uh, Amanda's uh, mom, yeah. Kathy, she passed away from breast cancer yeah. um, in in uh, in 2016. <clears throat> and I just don't know anybody uh, whose life hasn't been affected by it, which is why we've got this kind of audacious goal and we got about six weeks to, to meet it. You know, but for me, um, I saw hope through those moments when, you know, Y'all know this, right? I mean, if you're in or seen as any kind of leader, um, sometimes it can feel a little bit lonely. Like, you know, you're you're in a position where you are caring for other people and other people aren't very often asking how you're doing. Yeah. Um, and in those moments, you know, it was the people that would come around me and and really push to be like, are you taking care of yourself? Yeah. Are you, uh, you know, what can I do for you? 
um, those are real growth moments for me because, you know, I feel a real responsibility to other people. Um, and that means I can often uh, forget to take care of myself and my own mental health. Um, and those moments, like when Ron passed, um, when people uh, would go out of their way to make sure I was okay, those kinds of moments, you know, that's a, that's a shadow approves the sunshine moment for me. Yeah. Um, you know, where the hope really shows up, uh, in that dark moment and reminds me, um, just how incredible people can be when they, when they show up, uh, for, for other people. Did you ever at any time during those, uh, that period with Ron and that, did you ever once question your faith, your God for why letting this happen or anything like that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I definitely, uh, I definitely remember driving around. There's a, there's a songwriter named David Ramirez. Um, and, and, uh, I forget what, I forget what the, the track is. Um, but he's got this one song where, uh, I mean, it's, it's really just one of those songs of lament, right. Where, it, yeah. you know, it's, it reads like one of those Psalms where, you know, David is just absolutely screaming out and questioning God. Um, and I can remember driving around like tears rolling down my face, not even trying to answer the question. Um, but just really, really pissed off. Yeah. 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 Cause one of the things I, I, I'm trying to point out on the on the show as well is that even though we may say that our faith is in Christ and and that it, it doesn't mean that it's a magic wand and I don't go through pain and suffering right right yeah exactly yeah. so yeah and and I and I definitely you know I would say I think those are those are the times right those are yeah. the those are either the times where you you know uh, those really really um big, dramatic, um, heartbreaking moments are the ones where you either, you either, your hope is either, uh, reinforced, um, or it is stripped away. And, and I, and I don't, I don't necessarily think, um, that is a, uh, choice (laughs) for people, right? Um, I think there are some really, really, uh, incredible people who are very hopeful and also very cynical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think it needs to be all sunshine and daisies, um, all the time. And I think we, we lose an aspect of, um, we lose an aspect of what makes hope hopeful. Yeah. Uh, if we don't allow ourselves to feel everything that comes with being in those dark moments. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think it's really important to, I think it's really important to recognize when you're in one of those, you know, and to let yourself feel everything you're going to feel and to like, yeah. if you're going to have a, a, a week where you're just absolutely just heartbroken and angry. Yeah. Great. You know, just know that you can get beyond that and that yeah. there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, good Lord, this last, you know, you you said 2020 in relation to vision just a second ago, and I had a little PTSD because uh, 2020 <laughs> was <laughs> 2020 was 2020 was something and we're still not fully out of it. You know, I got my yeah. second 
second shot, my second vaccine shot this week. Um, and that felt quite incredible. Um, but like, wow, this has been a really dark year and a half. Yeah. And, but seeing tiny glimpses of people getting together for coffee and families hugging again Mm. and, you know, communities getting back together. I mean, that stuff makes all the sacrifice that we made uh, as a country and as a world over the last year makes it worth it. Um, So, you know, I think, I think those, I think those really dark moments are when you start to see those little pinpricks full of light come through, you know, you start to see other people doing all these things uh, that make the world a little bit better. I mean, those little pinpricks of light are, you know, uh, eventually overwhelm the darkness. uh, And that is really, 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 really incredible to watch every time it happens. Yeah. And I think what's cool cool about what you just said there is just that even, and that's one of the things we love to share with people, even in hope is that, things have happened in your life that have been really positive and good. It's just that in that moment of darkness in your life that it's hard for you even to go back. And so that's where other people coming in and saying, Hey, you remember when this happened for you? You remember when that happened for you? You, And all of a sudden you can actually start to allow them to even see the hope that they've already had in their own life and seen some of the the brightness that has come through in those dark periods of their life. And it really reestablishes and brings them through on the other side. Yeah. And, and part of, you know, part of it, I think again, is, is just being willing to say, yeah, I'm in a very dark place, It does, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think there's this tendency to want to uh, try to fight your way out. Um, and I, you know, to me, I, I, I just personally have found that to be uh, counterproductive, right? And you're using all your energy to deny yourself a feeling that you're legitimately feeling and that if you'd sit with for a little while, eventually those, those good things start happening and you start recognizing them and you start coming out of it. Right. Um, and I think fighting, um, to pull yourself out in a way that, um, is unhealthy. Uh, I'm not talking about like, you know, I think everybody should probably have a therapist or at least a close group of friends that you can talk to and talk about how you're actually feeling, things like that, a pastor, a faith group, a community, like all those things. Um, But I don't think trying to deny that you're going through something um, or, or push yourself to not feel pain or heartbreak or anything like that. uh, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Um, So Good. Well, I listen, I know I'm just uh, happy that you were able to be a part of this today. And I really enjoyed the hearing your hope and, uh, and hearing some different, I know we got into some politics there, but we didn't go too deep. I think, I think all of it, you know, one of the things I is, this is our world, right? It's, it's about navigating life together and trying to be the best version of myself so that I can bring the greatest amount of hope to those that are around me. And so, right. um, you know, and so again, I, and I think all of that comes together. And and so I, I really do appreciate it. I appreciate all the work that you're doing. I really do. Um, you, you mentioned uh, from a fundraising perspective, the leukemia. Uh, can you go ahead and just, where would people go to find out more information about that? Uh, so right now, if you go to my website, uh, nthnryn.com. So Nathan Ryan, no A's, nthnryn.com. Okay. Uh, there's a link at the very top um, that says f- for the fundraiser. And then there's also another link uh, a little bit further down okay. uh, that'll take you straight to my donate page. 
Um, and then I'm happy to give you all the link if you have show notes or anything yeah, like yeah, that, no, uh, yeah. that can go direct to that. Um, yeah. But I'm really, really excited uh, that y'all are doing this. I'm a big, I mean, the fact that uh, a father and son are doing a show like this is just, <laughs> you know, my dad and I have such a great relationship um, and it, and it brings me a lot of joy to see that y'all have this kind of relationship too. I think it's really awesome. Now, thank you. I really do appreciate it, Nathan. And uh, wish you the best in the things that are coming up for you. And uh, good luck on today's elections votes. I hope it goes the way you're hoping. And uh, uh, if it doesn't, we we live to work another day, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Y'all are great. All right. All right, Nathan. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good one. Yeah. You too. <laughs>